Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. This is Bay Curious. I'm Olivia Allen-Price. Today, we're headed to Oakland, where reporter Jessica Placzek met this week's question asker, Lauren Bresnahan. They're searching for something in the hills above Lake Merritt. Is there one here, right here? Um, Maybe, but there's definitely one right there. They're looking for a small, peculiar little thing. Yeah, there he is. Can you describe him? (laughs) It's very, I guess, rudimentary. But a little gnome with a red hat and a white beard and what looks like maybe a kilt on. All across Oakland, at the bottom of thousands of utility poles, are gnomes painted onto little wooden boards. After she first spotted them, Lauren started looking for them everywhere. So you were telling me that you started taking notes about where they were? Right. But then it extended my walk way too long because I was having to stop like every... 50 feet. (laughs) She came to Bay Curious because she needs to know more. What is the story behind the little gnome paintings all over Oakland telephone poles? Jessica Placzek brings us the story. Support for Bay Curious comes from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Committed to brewing things the right way since 1980, because when you're a family-run brewery, there's no other way to do it. Sierra Nevada Brewing Company, still family-owned, operated, and argued over. And be sure to stay tuned through the end of the show so you can play our monthly trivia game for a chance to win some cool prizes. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of The Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. The artist has always worked anonymously. But I made some calls and found him. By maintaining anonymity, everybody gets to create their own story. We'll call him Dan. How many gnomes are there now? Do you have an estimate for how many might be in Oakland? Well, in Oakland, there's about 7,000. Yeah, he's made thousands. But that wasn't his aim when he first started. The original thought was just, let's do my street. 
It was 2012, and Dan was living in Oakland on the hill above Lake Merritt. At that point, he didn't really have any painting experience, unless you count painting the side of a house. And to be candid with everybody here, I am the worst painter in the world. But his roommate liked to paint, and one day Dan thought he'd give it a shot by painting a gnome. Who doesn't like gnomes? It's something that all of us can appreciate. Dan painted one, and then a couple more, all on little wooden boards about four and a half inches tall. Then he decided why not put them up, so he nailed them to the base of utility poles all along his block. There's an elementary school across the street from where I lived, and what was happening within just a few days was as every child was leaving that school, they had a story to tell their parents about the gnomes. Some kids were giving them names, like... Angus or Bartholomew. They had each individually claimed the gnomes as their own, and they had each created a story on their own that they wanted to share. He was tickled and wanted to spread the gnome magic beyond history. So he painted more and more and more. I've got an algorithm, and it's a step-by-step process. I don't deny that. I think what he means is a pattern. Same gnome face, same gnome hat, same gnome belt. But I think it's positive because you don't have to be the greatest artist to impact your community with art. After painting a few gnomes, Dan would wait for night to fall. And under the cover of darkness, he would take his dog for a walk. In Oakland, I never had a problem going out at 1, 2, 3 in the morning and hitting up the telephone poles. You might think he was scooping up poop. Except for maybe the sounds of a hammer or a nail gun. He started with the neighborhoods around Lake Merritt and then extended all over Oakland. I started doing Highlanders and people in kilts and things of that nature, just to add variety. He added toadstools, girl gnomes, tattooed gnomes near tattoo shops, and firefighter gnomes with Dalmatians near fire stations. Within a year, there were hundreds of gnomes across Oakland. A reporter at the San Francisco Chronicle took notice. Reading about the gnomes in the Chronicle got me excited. But in the article, there was a quote by a man who worked at PG&E, the utility company. Basically, it said, There can't be anything on telephone poles, so we need to, of course, pull those down. Dan was horrified, and other people were horrified too. Hundreds joined a Facebook group in support of saving the Lake Merritt gnomes. Okay, I've been paying attention to these wonderful little bits of art for months now. Is someone actually proposing to take these away? No matter what you do, the long arm of corporation will try to squash it. Long live the gnomes. At the risk of being punished, Dan went to City Hall to see if he could convince the company to change its stance. The meetings had a rocky start. The head of the linesman at PG&E was clear. The gnomes were a hazard and he wanted to know where to find each and every last one. He said from the very beginning, get the thought out of your head, it's not going to happen, they're never going to stay up. But the neighbors were a powerful voice, and an Oakland City Councilwoman knew how much her constituents loved the gnomes. As the meeting continued, the PG&E representatives warmed to the gnomes. What happened in the end is PG&E was very supportive. A PG&E spokesman credited public feedback with the company's change of heart. He said the gnomes could stay, but nothing else was allowed on the utility poles. They were strictly a gnome man's land. 
pun very much intended. Gnome man's land? Really? That's what they said. That's so bad. Um, okay, so Dan, at the top of the story, said he had painted some 7,000 gnomes in Oakland. Is he is he still painting? He is, but he's not doing it in Oakland. He's doing it in Oklahoma now. What? Because that's where he lives. And he's put up thousands more in little towns across the state, and he still feels super passionate about this project. You know, I'm not going to change society in any way, shape, or form, but I can't help wondering what our world would be like if everybody would just pick an hour a week to do whatever they wanted for the community. And so while Dan's not posting any more gnomes in Oakland, he has inspired copycats on the telephone poles, which now includes small paintings on boards of what look like Snow White Seven Dwarves. Thanks to our gnome spotter, Lauren Bresnahan, for asking this week's question. And big news. Our friends who make the pop culture podcast, The Cooler, are hosting a 90s slumber party next week at the chapel in San Francisco. There will be special guests, a game of truth or dare, 90s nostalgia, and obviously pajamas. I mean, it is a slumber party, after all. Bay Curious listeners can get 50% off. You just have to use the promo code BayCurious. No spaces. Details and tickets at kqed.org slash the cooler. It's going to be great. Jessica Blachek, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, no problem. And since you did a little bit of this gnome sleuthing, I've got a nickname for you. Sherlock Gnomes. I hate that. (laughs) Bay Curious is made in San Francisco at KQED. I'm Olivia Allen Price. Bye. Hi, Bay Curious listeners. Are you ready to play May's trivia game? Every month, we read a question here at the end of our episode. You can give us your answers over at our website, kqed.org slash baycurious, or just click the link in the episode description. Out of the correct answers, we'll randomly choose one lucky winner to receive a cool prize package with Bay Curious swag and Sierra Nevada goodies. Okay, our question for the month is, the world's longest-running pillow-fighting contest was held from 1966 to 2006 in what Bay Area town? Our trivia quiz is made possible by Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Good luck! Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment, and if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. Thanks.